Welcome back to Mark's Madness. Nathan just died. I'm dying. I have the plague. I I don't have the plague. That you can't say that anymore because we have we have an actual fucking plague anymore because there is actually a fucking plague. We have a plague. We have a plague that is coughing based. I don't have that particular plague. No. Um, I just have other shit. Um, so bear with me. Amazing. We've There's these out. tests we're, and everything you could take. It's incredible. We're doing we're doing these. Uh, we're we're going to. I have a mute button on hand, but I didn't want to have to read yeah. the intro. Um, we're good. Um, my voice will probably give out at some point. Until then, you're going to get this and just deal with it. Yeah. And I love you all. Um <laughs> That being said, this is Mark's Madness. We're a show. We do things. Uh, sometimes we get excited and think we're going to do it more than once a week. Sometimes we don't. Um, you never know. Ride the roller coaster, baby. Um, but uh, that being said, since this is the first time me and David have seen each other in two weeks, yes. Uh, tr- traditionally, as is the the conceit of the show, we're going to talk about um, some current-ish yes, events. which um, makes me feel really bad that it's two weeks because there was definitely a current event that i just did not touch on because i was brain dead last time and i knew about it and it's something very important to talk about um and that is uh up in canada okay and we, we gotta say that because we're down here and in st louis and, and whatnot and i know i'm sure some of our listeners in canada if we reach that far uh, where is down all right david I, I see what you did there find me a listener that says down in canada <laughs> fair enough Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I thought. There is- I am waiting for our polar bear listener to come. Our, chill our, our, our North Pole Santa. Are we waiting for Santa? <laughs> what, what? Who is down? In our Can- number is, one what, fan is, is a Norwal. Is there so. anything north of Canada? Like functionally? Come on. And if Not there anymore. Is, Not with global warming. Shit. Oh, yeah. There yeah, used to right. be for half the year. Um, no one lived there. So anyway, um, but up in Canada, uh, Mi'kmaq people um, have fishing grounds for you know different fish such as lobster, and uh, this is part of their culture. This is something protected by treaty. And white supremacist terrorists have been destroying the lobsters and destroying the fishing grounds as an attack on them, which is horrible and something that we need to be very aware of, vehemently oppose, and take any action we can um, to support you know Mi'kmaq people. Uh, raising awareness if you're anywhere near them um you know we don't always encourage like running around two thousand miles away if you even have the means and sticking your nose in other people's protests it's got to be local but definitely show them any support you can financially if it isn't local to you if you can make it there um you know if you're in canada anything you can push i'm sure that government's not going to give a shit about it but any pressure you can put on the government uh things like that and it is also terrifyingly reflective of the work we're doing um, because of the time period we're reading about, because mm-hmm. under Andrew Johnson, there was a genocide against Lakota people um, that was carried out by killing bison. Um, in fact, it was in order to kill skin um, and sell parts of bison intentionally to try to make the population die off. There's actually some very famous pictures of piles of bison that, skull. Yeah, that picture. That mm-hmm. um, that picture. Course, that picture does things to you. <laughs> Yes, and that is, of course, a policy that, and I keep talking about, I know Grant is bad, and we've talked about it carrying over to him being, you know, imperialists that wanted to, like, dump free black people in the Caribbean and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, and of course, you know, the corruption in his White House, but I always forget how bad he is to indigenous people, just because we have such a little choice in any president that isn't horrible to any colonized people. Um, of course, these were still going on under him. 
Uh, he vehemently encouraged it, and they had created a bill to protect bison, the very first bill, long before they would have been as as threatened as they are and have been uh, for a long, long time, in 1875, and he refused to sign it. He, he vetoed the shit out of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even the quote-unquote good ones are giant bastards. Um, except for Thaddeus Stevens. <laughs> except for Thaddeus Stevens. <laughs> Daddy Thaddeus. That's why he couldn't be president. <laughs> That's right. Um, the Thad Daddy could never be president because he was too pure, too pure, <laughs> too good. Uh, another continuation from last time, we were talking about that Moss election and uh, concerns that the OAS would stick their nose in it. But apparently the OAS tried real hard to stick their nose in it, but there was nothing they could do. Oh, there was nothing they could do. The can't people. stop that freight. Can't stop the freight train of an organized group of mm-hmm. angry indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Here's the God thing. When, bless Bolivia. When you see an election as a pathway to power or a tool of power, you fucked up. When you see an yeah. election as rubber stamping the movement and will of the people, and you make sure there is a movement and will of the people that is imposed against opposing classes, then it works. And that's what happened in Bolivia. Um, that was a rubber stamp of week, actually months, months of uprising from about a year against this coup a government. Year. It's been a year since they did it's been this. Been a coup. year, um, and it was a month. They tried to delay the election. They obviously tried mm-hmm. to get their grubby hands on it and and introduce other and, quote unquote systems that were pushed. Yeah. You know, by the CIA through the OAS that they were they did, pressured. They did. They fully did delay it. It's off. I mean, they delayed yeah. it. What was the they, one system? They, was an LSE or something? They they had they had ready to go and basically the public was like, no, this is bullshit, and they had to scrap it. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were, I mean, not including observers, the massacre of indigenous Yeah, the massacres of the indigenous people and, and the people, especially in uh, El Alto and um, uh, Cochabamba uh, were the, the two areas where it, it happened. Um, but in the end, uh, Luis Arce and uh, David Chakawenka, um did win. And not only did they win, but in Bolivia, again, you know, I mean, it's like six different candidates you have to get. Um, a plurality if it doesn't reach i think it's like 39.5 percent it's got to go to a second vote not only did yeah, they win 40 yeah n- not only did they win on the first vote uh and it was hilarious because the the right did not organize and drop their candidates out in time and so they had uh camacho and mesa both running which was which was great oh i the best part was fucking camacho crying that was the best camacho crying camacho oh, cry. that was Fascist so good crying never that, gets that old. was so good um the- it is second only to fascists getting hung upside down by their toes while yes, they're murdered. Yes, yes. Um, uh, very close. Very close. Uh, but but anyway, so uh, it doesn't matter. Had they joined forces together, uh, Camacho and Mesa and any combination of all of the parties wouldn't have won it because nope. Moss won a straight up majority. They won 52%. They fucking killed it. It was and wonderful. I, and you're already seeing now... Mm-hmm. You're already seeing, you know, uh, Avo being brought back. They've dropped all the charges. Avo's mm-hmm. being allowed back in. Oh, they you're already seeing they're remaking. Uh, they used to have an organization with Venezuela and Nicaragua, and I think Brazil was in it before. Obviously, Brazil won't be welcome back this time. No, not this time. Uh, but it was an alliance of South American countries. Um, Hell yeah! What it was called, and they've already talked about bringing it up. I cannot remember what it's called. Holy shit! Holy shit, my brain. Okay, well, I'll remember it later. And I we'll hopefully remember, I remember, we'll remember it in, like, in, in, in a cold sweat in the middle yeah. of the night. And David will wake up <laughs> It'll screaming. be very useful then. That's um, that's the best way to get it yeah. on the podcast. Uh, exactly. 
but and, and you're seeing charges pursued against uh Anya Gene yes. Anya and their that government yes. like oh, for, that's the, so good. for the and murders they're, they're, they're announcing that before the power is transferred over um that way they can you know I mean put it into action before they like bolt off to Miami which is fucking mm-hmm. great oh uh, uh, yeah there uh, is going to be a they large also, influx of gusanos in yes, the Miami area. Yes, they also have you, long is had gusano a, specific to Cuba, or can we use it for Bolivian immigrants too? Does it have an overarching term? <laughs> I think. Um, well, what, what is it? There's a different term. It's. Um, oh, I knew it. Um, there is we're one they doing use. Great at remembering names tonight. We're so good at remembering stuff. The best, the best decision ever was to make sure David remembered things. That's the best way to start an episode because that's what that's ah, what I'm good at. We'll get there. Um, but anyway, uh, the another thing they they have their uh, won a majority in all both both um, legislative houses, and yeah. there was a law that they immediately passed. Used to be they had to have a two thirds majority to make any reforms uh, to the police or the military, mm-hmm. and of course, you know Anya's being coup leader just didn't go through any vote at all and made changes uh, because no, that's what white supremacists do. Uh, and of co- and this is something that's really funny because it's something that you see in America where one party pretends to be for the people, and you see this with like the Hyde Amendment. Like we can't we can't pass another law to fund abortions because of the Hyde Amendment. Like that that's a law. Just pass another law at its place, and that's what they yeah. did here. They were like, look, we have a law. We can't just make a change to the military or the police with a simple majority. Well, guess what? We'll just vote to be able to make a change with a simple majority. Because guess who has a simple Weird. majority? I mean, and that was in place because uh, because you know it's it's a strong multi party system, and they didn't want like a plurality of corrupt parties you know getting together quickly. But if you have a majority, yes. it's more democratic. And of course, Moss flat out has majorities on all levels. It was a sweeping win. Um, it's also like you should recognize that. If and this is here is here is a and, and I, I want to transition out to a the slightly let's do the more, little slightly more depressing slash headbanging mm-hmm. parts of this particular news story, um, which is oh the blue check liberals came out in force to let you know <laughs> that guys you can indeed vote out fascism oh yeah you can vote yeah. it away yes um, it now here's the definitely problem definitely not a rubber stamp on movements by an no. actually anti imperialist party. It um, was ignoring. It was ignoring a year of organized protesting and at direct action in the streets that led to these results. And that's um, what I like touching ig- on because I mean, at some point you got to be like, I'm sorry, I don't remember when the Democrats were a socialist party. I'm sorry, I don't know where Democrats were mostly run and founded by indigenous people and indigenous movements. But even that, I don't as remember when the Democrats. Remember when the Democrats um, had their their very soul tore out for them? And by mm-hmm. that, I mean Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Yeah. And they said that, God damn it, if someone tried to do a damn thing, if they even thought about replacing her, there would be riots in the streets. And uh, Amy Coney <laughs> Barrett that, is a Supreme Court justice. Those, and nobody rioted. Those, like, those riots are chilling with the, the arrows that used to be in the quiver. They're all hanging put, out together somewhere. If you had actually rioted when that happened and then sustained that riot for a year and made that the crux, mm-hmm. said, no, we made a thing. We said we wanted a thing. You broke that thing. You didn't do what our will was. We we're going to hold you accountable to it. And we're going to put our bodies, our lives, our livelihoods, mm-hmm. everything we have on the line for a solid year 
to mm-hmm. force you to capitulate and come to the table and play by the rules, then you'd have an argument. You don't. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have none to realize of this. Yeah, you have to realize once again. First off, you know, Moss Moss is a movement that comes from indigenous people, um, and of course, there's disparate indigenous groups, and there's certain indigenous groups that that ha- have had their differences with Moss. Although against this government, they coalesced and all moved this together, which is part of why this was a majority, right? Nothing um, is a homogenous blob. To say, yeah, indi- no one's to a say I'm a party blob. of indigenous people and expect this is the same argument where yeah. you can round up three or four Native American leaders that would say the R word slur football team name didn't offend them. Okay. Yeah, I mean the majority obviously say the other side of that. Mm-hmm. The, you're not a homogenous blob. That's not how this works. Yeah. So not only is Moss an actual socialist group that's grown out of indigenous movements and is largely headed up by indigenous people, but on top of that, the elections were not the pathway to power. What it was is they had a mass uprising on the level of a civil war. And keeping it is a protest. And then winning the elections was their pathway to gain power without the cost of civil war. It was a strategy of total uh, of revolution. Essentially, it was not. It a was exactly. It was exactly what when we talk again. When you're trying to espouse theory into the real world, when you're trying to pull the mm-hmm. words of a theorist in in the 1917. And bring it forward. Lenin specifically. When you're trying to say, well, Lenin said you should run elections. That's the kind of elections you're supposed to be participating in. If you are an ostensibly revolutionary socialist party trying to fight inside the election, and you have the ability to fight within the electoral system, that's when you do electoral politics. Well, sure. And again, you are praying that AOC is an actual secret communist and will somehow convert the Democrats from the inside and vote for outwardly imperialist assholes. That's not the same thing, Vash. Yeah. It's yeah. not the same goddamn thing. Well, and speaking of Lenin, and of course tying it back to the United States, is we talk about material conditions, right? Material conditions in, say, Kautsky's Germany is different than America now, is different than Bolivia now. And what yes. happened in Bolivia is very different than an America where two bourgeois, bourgeoisie parties hash it out the same way they do in England and, and where nothing's going to happen. And it's very, very different from, you know, a, a Germany where a, you know, social imperialists soak down. Well, not soak. I mean, they were they were democratic socialists. They they. But but a a, you know communist quote unquote party that didn't believe in violent revolution or anti imperialism was seeing the election as the pathway to power. Um, What it is to to steal from Nancy Pelosi's terrible quote that she of course did not follow through on because she sucks. uh, Moss did not see the election as the ultimate road to power. Moss saw it as an arrow in their quiver. And they shot that arrow, and that's yes. all it was. And yes. it worked very, very well. They hit the target. And hey, what what happened when they were pushed out of power by an ineffective coup? Oh, did they actually take to the streets and do direct yeah. action to force yeah. themselves back into the conversation? People utilizing died. all direct action, People. utilizing all aspects of your of your mm-hmm. toolkit in order to force change on a on a full frontal assault. Not just yeah. saying, what? well, hope we can hope we can get them elected this time. Yes, what what Moss did was more akin to the Black Lives Matter uprisings you see, except that it had a very specific 
political power transfer in its goal rather than yeah, it's like, a it's like if black lives matter had a political party rights. that was viable in this country yeah that that's all yeah if black lives matter had a political party that was viable in this country that it could rally around an armed civil war if necessary but was able to rally around for a straight-up election and also if it had the support of 52 percent of the people that would be comparable the democratic party is not comparable to that not in no, a million years not in any no and on top of that sense, the message if they were would not be vote instead it would be oh remember this tiny easy part of voting while you burn shit down exactly and if you don't get and again if the vote does not reflect your the will of the people continue your actions until further notice yes. like we're gonna get yes. what we need yes um uh, transitioning black lives in oh oh well yeah, I was hold say, on no we're, okay go 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 we're gonna transition there i want to stay in a more geographically close area because there was oh, also sure. another uh development uh, in south america from from oh, in a, a great win against a in our our comrades in chile uh yeah. we're able to to shuck off a a remnant of the goddamn atrocious mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. pinochet regime and yes. uh voted to remake their constitution from scratch yes um, in they're fact do it with was elected pro yeah oh go, go, ahead. go ahead i was gonna say in fact it was it was a very important two policy vote so this is reflective again of like what happened in bolivia with moss this was the end of over a year of uprising i mean these uprisings happening since shortly after you know not too far away bolsonaro went into power so maybe you know i mean what was that 2017 so maybe there's been like two or three years chile's been at it they've been at it hard against you know cops there for a while and so it's been a long long powerful uprising and eventually came into okay uh we're gonna vote if we want to keep this pinochet induced constitution because pinochet came in and of course killed allende and overthrew the the Marxist elected government there um, and then turned around and rewrote the constitution uh, because it's fucking fascist. And that constitution has been in effect in Chile ever since. And so they rose up and they said, Nope, we're going to change the damn constitution. And on top of that, and it was, it was sweeping. It was like 70 something percent. So again, you know, if this was like majority. Yeah. If this was like, barely a majority because this is something that's more cut and dry it's 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 you know yes or no it's um zero sum essentially right yeah um yeah so if it was you know a little closer they could contest it or they'd probably push back on it they play some games but when you come out and it's like 70 to 80 percent it's like okay no we need to listen to people or we're gonna fucking die and that's that's how you show some power uh and it was like 70-something percent they voted for a new constitution. They also turned around and had a vote, and they were tried to push through a thing where it's like, okay, we'll do the constitution, but you got to pick. Do you want some experts mixed in there, you know, the government officials you elected, and a constitutional convention so you don't put too much power on this one little group of people, or do you want to do your own little constitutional convention? Well, what the constitutional convention is, is we elected the people specifically to rewrite the constitution, and – so, yeah, not not plucked from the fascist government. And, of course, the Constitution Convention won along the same numbers as the new Constitution, as it should have. So just brilliant news yep. out of Chile. I mean, and it's, again, a, a demonstrable show of things do not have to continue the way they are. If mm-hmm. you can, can concentrate a movement, if you get the people on your side mm-hmm. and have a mass of people, you can make changes to things that are set in stone, like constitutions yeah. and, um, and the rest of it. 
this this is the outcome of um, something Mao talks about. I know we've done some Mao works. I'm talking. We need to do some more Mao works. And but one of the big things of Mao is mass line, right? Um, and big part of mass line is you're not. I forget. There's a word for like dogmatists that are always dogmatic. Like you got to keep up. Like you come out and you just arrogantly lecture. Like you've got to keep up. Your politics suck. Blah blah blah. And sometimes when you know you read Lenin's writing, it sounds like that because he's speaking broadly, right? But that's not how he organized. That was to put through sharp theory, and that is something that we've got to be sharp in our beliefs and confident in our beliefs, and we've got to guide the masses. The opposite of that is tailism, which the masses demand, and you just come follow and latch on to existing movements and you never lead anyone anywhere. And in between bandwagoning. Yeah. Bandwagoning. And in between, uh, tailism and this word, I can't commandism, I think is the word, uh, it, tailism commandism is this idea of the mass line. You go to the masses, you see what they want. You figure you, you dial that into your polit- political understanding and a political, um, line to put forward and then you drive that line and guide the masses there and then you go back to the masses and it's back and forth back and forth back and forth and so mass line actually kind of starts looking like tailism but immediately turns into leadership um, turns into you digesting yeah. that and turning it into politics and leading people the way they need to go and and so when you see mass line you see it as these issues that someone would demand, right? It would sound tailless if someone said like, well, I, I just need to get rid of the fascist constitution. Well, I just need to get, I just need to get Moss back in power. We just need to reelect Moss, right? Or we just need cops to stop killing black people. Like it sounds like your tailism, but that's what the people need. And that's what they demand. And you turn that into an all encompassing politic. And then you follow the actions they demand as necessary. And you incorporate it into actions you think are necessary and you drive those actions. And then when you see that put into practice, you go back to the people, you know, get their feedback, you know, how is this going? What do we need to change? What other demands do we have? What are we missing? And then you again, drive that into good politic and you educate and lead the people from there. That's mass line. Um, And so these are results of mass line style organizing. And it's, and that's a, that's a very good short, you know, elucidation of that topic. Cause I think that is something that gets kind of ballied about without a lot of, a lot of yeah. good explanations. So thank you for that. Cause that, that is, again, it, it's something that I've, that you understand implicitly, but that's a very good explanation of how it, how it functions and how it should function. I guess, ideally. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and so to bounce, I have, I have two more qu- quicker mm-hmm. hits that I want to get on because we're just bouncing sure. all over the place, I guess, across the countries. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, and, and I know, and we're going to end on, um, Philadelphia. We're going to end on on what's going yeah. on in, yeah. in in our own backyard. Um, yes. But so to bounce all the way down to our uh, depressingly similar counterpart to the very south, um, Australia. Uh, Don did a fuck up. Um, Australia. Yeah. Um, you know what this? You know what I'm talking about here? I I don't. Nothing is coming to mind. I have no. not kept up on Australia lately. Apparently. Not okay. Well. This is this is okay. Um, it is, and and again, we're just going to touch briefly, but just again in mm-hmm. solidarity more than anything else, just to recognize that you know in, the indigenous struggle kind of exists across every continent on yes. this earth, and it, it yeah, and Australia is especially not specific has a, to North America. That is that is a North specific, South America or yeah, yeah, that is a specific relationship to land and it implies a colonized people and the people that were yeah. colonized by a colonizer but the aboriginal people of australia are uh, v- a very <laughs> very very mm-hmm. obviously oppressed group um as such again as we've touched on to our, our neighbors mm-hmm. to the north in canada with their first nations people um but the uh the and i'm going to fuck up the name i know i am i apologize 
Um, extremely online left. Y'all can come for me. Um, again, go watch their stream. If you're on Australia time, go watch extremely online left on Twitch. They're fantastic. Um, but the, uh, so uh, jab wrong, um, is a, there's a tree essentially in, in that is very in Victoria, that is very sacred, uh, to Aboriginal people. They have a very special relationship with certain, um, trees. There are a subset of them that are are entirely protected. Um, basically, trees that are are by their nature uh, sacred and cannot be touched by the government, this, regardless of circumstance. This they, makes they sense. Cannot touch them. Kind of like we have our national for yeah. you know our national forest. But imagine if they actually meant something kinda, other than kind of like Teddy Roosevelt wanted something pretty to look at. Yeah, kind kind of like redwoods, but but with a, an indigenous meaning along the lines of the Black Hills. For sure, exactly. The Black Hills is a great example. A physical, mm-hmm. a physical living thing that is that is sacred to this people as a as a, both a religious symbol or a spiritual symbol. Um, however, however you want to interpret it, um, this particular tree was the again the Jabberwong. It was called the Directions Tree, mm-hmm. um, and there had been activists out for. I mean, I think this has been going on for at least a year that were out protesting this, um, trying to fight it. Um, the Australian government. De- uh, declared that it was not one of the 250 culturally significant trees and tore it down in order to do a highway expansion. Oh, God. And you listen to the story. And this is a part where, again, I, it is so. That is, it's just, that is a colonial violence version of something you put in a children's story about not declaring nature. That's how fucking weirdly dystopic that is. It's the fucking Lorax level of garbage. It really is. It's it's it's, it's that the, level of depravity. It's if you took it, 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 it's if you took the Lorax and then went, oh, by the way, here's colonial violence, like genocidal violence. Just to throw on that, just a little sprinkle of flavor. Like that's what that is. It's fucked up. Yeah. So essentially, again, tree got toned down. You have a lot of, and the government said, well, we can, and again, this is back to everyone not acting as a homogenous, trying to treat, mm-hmm. trying to say, well, I found my token aboriginal person that says this is okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go forth with it. And well, we've consulted with these groups and they said, it's not that one. So it doesn't count. We can do our expansion as mm-hmm. it. And again, hearing these people talk about, you know, there can, you know, it is literally like, you know, my soul had a chainsaw taken through it. Um, yeah. It, it is again. I, I I do not think. I think there's one thing that we've. If there's one thing we we've evolved on, and and you, I think have been perfect on it since the start. But again, centering indigenous, especially you know, all voices for for how the the revolution goes forward. Um, centering indigenous voices in every single aspect of that is is has got to be key. White folks, we're in the back. We're yeah, the very no. back. We we no. don't get we don't talk. We are we are body shields and that's about as good as we're good for. And I'm cool with that. If um, any any group, if the group that needs to lead that finds in the vanguard elevates a person or keeps a person out of leadership because they find it naturally, that's fine. And if a white person was to be thrusted by that group, fine. But white people as a whole should never ever lead and a single white person should never expect to lead. It should be like no. thrown upon them by people if they're and it should be very rare. <laughs> rare, super rare. Um, but again, black, indigenous, people of color, um, but especially indigenous people, um, mm-hmm. this, there, there again is a connection to to the land that they are fighting for in mm-hmm. every sense that is going to make... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is going to vary, just be more, vary yeah. by indigenous cultures, and it's hard to speak to this when they're halfway around the world, but it sounds similar to some... You know, and in a lot of cultures nature or the land you're on is it's essentially family to you this is you know 
killing yeah. and desecrating your family simultaneously or your or your god scientific i mean depending on if it's more a family or deity or or something in between you know i mean it's something very sacred also for a highway i mean again they're just th- these yeah, kinds of things high, high, that's what feels so cheap if you didn't say highway i wouldn't have brought up children's book and i almost i just feel like weird like i hope i'm not belittling when i say that but it's just so that's, no, what's that's so what it fucking because, stupid like the only worst because, thing would have been like a mall just it, 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 yeah it, it just doesn't make any any goddamn sense and again not not an area i'm super again again go out seek out extremely online left or on twitter um they are amazing australian comrades um and they I, i'm sure have a more nuanced um view of this being being local to the area but again just a thing that a thing that again since we've been hitting on indigenous issues something i wanted to to bring up so coming back from our 24-hour flight down to Australia, back to <laughs> the city of brotherly love, yes, who threw battery diesel batteries at my head at a Phillies game one time when I was eight because they're just such great people. Tell me about the city of Philadelphia, David. Uh, yeah, so in Philadelphia, um, as is tradition with cops, um, cops were called on someone having a mental illness crisis. It was actually a mother calling them on her son who had a knife uh, who was you know, suffering from mental illness, except she didn't call the cops. She called an ambulance, and they sent the cops. And the cops did what the cops do when they see someone who's black and when they see someone who um, has any kind of disability, especially mental illness, and they killed him right in front of his mother. Just brutal execution because fuck 12, okay? Because they're they're, they're bastards. There's no other explanation for it. They are violent pieces of shit. And rightly, there was an uprising over this, and it's been going on. It's been going pretty hard. Um, There was actually one moment I saw. Wait, Philadelphia is going hard? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one moment I, mean, I saw. Philadelphia goes hard when they have no reason to go hard. I imagine if you give Philadelphia a valid reason to go hard, they're going to go as hard as anybody. Mm-hmm. One moment I saw where, um, you know, I mean, there's unfortunately been this movement for like five years where right wingers are trying to run over protests, and they've done it a lot in the last year. They definitely have done it since since the George Floyd yeah. uprisings. Um, and of course, they were trying to pass laws in 2016 against the Dakota Access Pipeline protests and along the line. And Again, you know, we don't want to take their strategies, especially one kind of heinous like that. But there's times where, you know, fighting back makes sense. And somebody took a truck and went at a line of cops the right way. That was very fun. That was enjoyable. Uh, that also <laughs> happened. Uh, God, I can't remember. I think it was in. Oh, it was. We watched it. We did. We we were we were watching it on the show. Like this is. Oh, really? We've been picking were up we? this. Ta- oh, yeah. We've been learning okay. this tactic from the last during the Floyd during the George Floyd protest. It was. There yeah. Was one, there were a couple down, especially down south. Yeah. In the areas where in the areas where leftists also have big trucks. Yeah. Um, and, and can run people over. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, so, so that it's, was it's fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, but also, you know, on the uh, on the sadder side, there was, of course, you know, cops being cops. And uh, so there was one point there's video of an SUV and they tried to use this. This was really craven for propaganda. There was an SUV where a parent was driving their kid. And I guess it was near enough to the protest or they were supporting the protest or something. And the cops came over and they beat out the windows, broke in the windows with the child in there, ripped the parent out, beat the parent in front of their child, kidnapped the child as cops do because they're just protecting them or whatever the fuck they want to tell themselves. They had a picture taken of one of the cops carrying the child uh, who's not wearing shoes because they were sitting in a car seat in the fucking back. And then they try to play like cops heroically uh, saving this barefoot child wandering the streets and it's like, no, you fucking kidnapped that kid and then lied because that's what cops fucking do. Um, so that was pretty gross. 
but Philadelphia overall has been going very, very hard. Um, they've been pushing back police mobs. It's mm-hmm. It's been a powerful uprising. Um, and, and as much as I love to see the sprint in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, I, I appreciate a fast, aggressive Derrick Henry style mm-hmm. back. <laughs> I also appreciate my Adrian Petersons and Frank Gores of the world that are just... They, they don't let Father Time slow them down. They keep chugging away. So uh, shout out to Portland. Yes. Uh, because y'all never fucking stopped. Yes. That has been over four months. Over four months unstopped, which takes an incredible amount of endurance when cops are and tear gassing you and beating the shit out of you, executing people five minutes after a vice interview that was obviously planted to set up the execution. And you're still going at it hard in the mm-hmm. paint mm-hmm. as they say um no so shot i mean again this is showing you can see the seeds of mm-hmm. of where the movement is going to come from and where yeah. where people are already organized and, it, and the models for what we need to do in other places to catch up because it, this is obviously there is a will to do it it speaks to huey newton's intercommunalism where he talks about the black urban um, lumpen proletariat being the base of, or being the, the, the main drivers, the vanguard of this revolution. And it makes perfect sense when you understand our material conditions. And so you're seeing that come even more true than Huey probably could have imagined. Um, even more true than, you know, George Jackson could have imagined, you know. Um, I assume Huey had a good enough imagination. Oh, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So maybe exactly, but it's it coming unbelievably true. I mean, spot on. Yes, very um, true. That is definitely the the you know the the breeding grounds for revolution right there. Yep. That being said, our commitment to you is to occasionally read a book, and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, we have reached that time where Nathan and David have to stop pontificating on events that are happening right now and pontificate on events that happened uh, in the wayback machine. Yes. Um, if you are if you are hearing this now, you will have missed uh, the fun Lincoln stream in Discord. But uh, if you if somehow you're in the future. And want to go back in time. If you're hearing this now, it's machine. after the election, too. So I don't know if shit's burned oh down. Oh, my God. If you're hearing this now, oh, dear. Yeah, we're recording oh this Lord. before the election. This is going to be completely... David, oh when this dear. comes out, the world will be different. Hold on. By the time we release our next episode that we've already yes. recorded two weeks yes. ago, the world... Yes. We're going to release an ep... Yes. Oh, my God. We're releasing we're gonna release an episode, an episode blissfully unaware of the election. David, we're going to release an episode the morning at midnight on election uh, yes. on, uh, as the election is yes. over. That will say nothing about the election because we that have no will not mention it at all. If you guys think for a second that we are actually <laughs> we almost planning this current events the without mentioning the election, we're we're on it because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But there will it, probably be an explosion of violence somehow oh, on God. that day. So. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't so if you're in the matter, future, but it will be woo. a hotbed nonetheless of action. Uh, by the way, it's been three weeks, so I'm going to make my hot take right now as this episode comes out. We still do not know who won that election. <laughs> this is Nathan's. This is Nathan on October 29th. Good old fashioned Florida reaccount. I hope every- yeah, we will have no idea. Who I, won this goddamn election by the time I you hope hear this? The pattern of last second Trump rallies that are killing old Trump supporters with bad weather just 
kicks into high gear because we have no fucking I, clue. I did say I, I someone said it was the best. Someone did say like, how the fuck did Donald Trump turn a campaign rally into Operation Barbarossa for fuck's sake? Like, God damn, like trying to medevac people out of the, the cold and the winds. Like a bunch of fascists dying in the snow. Like you couldn't have nailed that. And whoever made that tweet, you deserve all the praise you need. That was that was solid as fuck. That being said, I don't I can't read David Reed. Yes. This does not prove that the Freedmen's Bureau was a complete success, for it was not. That's a good start. Um uh let's hold on. So just just in case cuz we did 45 minutes of talking. Yeah. Um do you want to read that last paragraph one more time cuz I feel like that Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll par- we'll scutter back one, yeah, one more paragraph. Even if that we go good. back one paragraph. You say yeah, 45 sure minutes of talking sense. too. We're probably cutting like 10 minutes out. So we'll just say 30 minutes. Oh, fine. All right. Under the Freedmen's Bureau Bill, passed in 1866, these sources were being exhausted so that the Army Appropriation Bill included 594450 for the Bureau. Of course, tale as old as time, Thank when the U.S. needs funding for something for civilians, you shove in military funding. And you do it on an appropriate. So I'm sure the appropriations bill was like something obscene. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and we're also going to get a couple thousand to make sure we pay all these uh, freed slaves who also, please. <laughs> $1,200 one time in a year. We promised them more. But oh, whatever. fuck. Don't even. Don't even. Succeeding appropriations brought the total 12961395 Adding the cost of various army supplies used, Howard estimated the total expenses of our government for refugees and freedmen to August 31st, 1869 have been 13 million. Oh, yeah, 13 million five hundred seventy nine thousand eight hundred sixteen dollars and eighty two cents. I don't know how you get that down to the cent. God damn. They uh, have good accountants. In I mean, the holy Freedmen's Bureau. shit, they do. Uh, if we add on to this, the increase in the army payroll exhausted by the bureau. By the way, if two weeks ago I mentioned that being down to the cent again sarcastically, I just forgot. I'm sorry for making the same joke twice. Um, and other items. <laughs> Pierce estimates that the total expenditure for the bureau was between 17 million and 18 million dollars. Yeah, but imagine if someone's binging it and they just heard that twice. I'm like, did they fucking re-record that? Uh, <laughs> this does not prove that the Freedmen's Bureau was a complete success, for it was not. From the nature of the organization and its limitations, it could not be. The White South made it the object of its bitterest attacks. It accused the agents of every crime and mistake and planned for its removal. This was natural, for in its essence, the Bureau was a dictatorship of the army over property for the benefit of labor. So it was... Again, it was not a dictatorship of the proletariat only because, only because it did not actually have the levers of government in its hand. It was still subservient, but it was structured like a dictatorship of the proletariat or in the strongly worded say, way. A dictatorship of the army over property for the benefit of labor is my second yeah. favorite dictatorship after the dictatorship of the proletariat. I'm just yes, saying. Yes, it's, the it's second best. The second. I just wish this one had that, dictatorship of the proletariat. That's a, it's like too wordy. They really yes. dictatorship of the proletariat rolls off the tongue. Dictatorship yes. of the army over property for the benefit of labor is. It's just too wordy. It's it's specific though. It's 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 specific, but no one appreciates specific. We need a, <laughs> we need some madmen. We need some Don Drapers in there spicing that one up. 
It was aimed at the worst methods of exploitation. It sought to give the Negro some standing at law. It compelled the keeping of contracts. And while the testimony as to the net results varies, uh, it seems true, as Pierce says, notwithstanding abuses and extravagances, the Bureau did a great and indispensable work of mercy and relief at a time when no other organization or body was in a position to do that work. Continuing, quote, to the Negro was imparted a conception, inadequate and distorted, though it may have been, of his civil rights as a free man. In a land long dominated by slavery, when freedom had just been decreed, with neither black nor white well understood the value of free labor, and before the law of supply and demand could readjust labor relations, the Bureau set up a tentative scale of wages. When under the direction of broad temperature capable agents, the labor division unquestionably accomplished much of the larger purpose for which it was ordained and which its friends maintained that it fulfilled. All things considered in this branch of the work, more marked success was achieved than a calm study of the perplexing situation would lead the thoughtful man of today to think that such an abnormal and short-lived institution could have attained. So it did more than you could have imagined. Again, it's really Mm -hmm. wordy. A white citizen of Louisiana adds, the best influence in settling the state of things in Louisiana would be to maintain there for some years a rigid administration of the Freedmen's Bureau to protect the blacks and their rights, as well as see that they complied with the reasonable and proper contracts they might make. I consider that such an establishment would stand as a barrier to the encroachments of one class upon the rights of the other. But, yeah? Yeah, no kidding. What's the problem? What's the problem? (laughs) Nothing. I just I had a hiccup. Um, no, no. I was just I was confused. Oh, you bet with the problem. Yeah, no. I don't know if that person was commenting negatively because it was a white man from the south, but he sounded positive and measured. I don't know. Um, so solid. Other critics are worth hearing. A Virginia, J, a Virginian, J. M. Botts said, "I have heard of a great many difficulties and outrages which have proceeded in some instances, if the truth had been represented to me, from the ignorance and fanaticism of persons connected with the Freedmen's Bureau." They're all fanatics, Nathan. They're all fanatics. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there are many of the persons connected with the Freemans Bureau who have conducted themselves with a great propriety, and where there has been so, there has been no difficulty between the whites and blacks. Judge Hill writes, like all other efforts of humanity, the results of the Freemans Bureau depended very much upon those appointed to carry it out and give it the aid intended. Where the agent was a man of good sense and free from prejudice to either party or race, both sides, Nathan, well, measured both sides. And both keep, sides. Keep it fair, both yeah. sides. Good results were attained. But in many instances, the agents were deficient in these necessary qualifications, and the results were not only a failure to accomplish the purpose of the Bureau, but a decided evil. I feel like this <gasps> dun, person dun, didn't. Dun. I feel like this person probably didn't like the decisions that went towards the black man. I'd imagine. <laughs> Wallace bitterly arraigns the Bureau officials in Florida. The Freedmen's Bureau, an institution devised by Congress under the influence of the very best people of the northern states and intended as a means of protection of the freedmen and preparing them for the new responsibilities and privileges conferred in the hands of bad men proved, instead of a blessing, to be the worst curse of the race, as it was misled, debased, and betrayed. They just appointed the wrong people. They picked these people that like black people too much, and they should know better. Uh, I don't know know why they think this is different. The various investigations of the Bureau brought out damaging facts as to the handling of funds and careless administration. And yet the peculiar difficulties, peculiar, back to this peculiar. Peculiar. peculiar It's quite a word. Yeah. Our peculiar difficulties of the Bureau's financial problems must not be lost sight of. 
The amount involved was large. It was impossible to avoid errors in identifying the hordes of nameless, irresponsible claimants to public money entrusted to the Bureau. The thousands of agents scattered over a vast area were beyond the close personal supervision of higher officials, and much of the irregularity and fraud was clearly traceable to unscrupulous local agents. There is no reason to believe that the commissioner was guilty of embezzlement, fraud, or personal dishonesty, but he certainly was not a strict constructionist. Doubtless, his liberal interpretation of statutes was designed to benefit the freedmen and refugees to whose protection and welfare his efforts were directed. Often, such interpretation was due to the delay of Congress in making appropriations demands by the exigencies of the hour. I understand it's out of their hands, but he leaned too much to the black people, as was his prerogative. But they just they didn't put enough they didn't put enough resources in it, and it just came down on the poor white people, Nathan. It's again, it's the same kind of bullshit where you try and sound like you're all for the thing, but it's mm-hmm. oh no no, it's just big government gets in the way. Just government gets in the way. You should have just shouldn't mm-hmm. let the government make the decision. You should have let mm, make the decision. Instead, yeah. they never give you an alternative. It's just <laughs> not government. Um, Grant brought Grant. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry, Stop. sorry. Grant brought forward some heresy, hearsay, hearsay, hearsay. hearsay criticism during the first year. President Johnson sent two generals, South, who uncovered cases of fraud and maladministration, but commended Howard and believed the Bureau had done much to preserve the order and to organize free labor. A final court of inquiry was commenced by the Act of Congress in 1874 and sat for 40 days. The committee gave gave in its majority report its judgment of this extraordinary experiment. The general effect of the policy pursued by this people towards the Freedmen and the general results of the administration of the Freedmen's Bureau by General Howard are matters of history. Without civil convulsion, without any manifestation of violence or hate towards those who had subjected him and his ancestors to the accumulated wrongs of generations of servitude, the enfranchised Negro at once and quietly entered upon new relations of freeman and citizen. During the five years since the Bureau has been established, General Howard has directed the expenditure of $12,965,395.40. Go to Down counting. Again. <laughs> has exercised oversight and care for the freedmen and refugees in 17 states and the District of Columbia, a territory of 350,000 square miles, and cooperated with benevolent societies, aiding in the education of hundreds of thousands of pupils and in the relief of the vast numbers of destitute and homeless persons of all ages and both sexes. I feel like this is pretty decent praise of the Bureau, to say the least. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this is the official report from the yeah. committee on Congress yeah. for it. This is the official report. The world can point to nothing like it in all the history of emancipation. No 13 millions of dollars were ever more wisely spent. Jeez. Yet from the beginning, this scheme has encountered the bitterest opposition and the most unrelenting hate. Scoffed at like a thing of shame, often struck and wounded, sometimes in the house of its friends, apologized for rather than defended. Yet with God on its side, the Freedmen's Bureau has triumphed. Civilization has received a new impulse, and the friends of humanity may well rejoice. Can I can I pop a pin in there? Is it too much to pop a pin in there? We talked too much already. Okay. Uh, nothing new to our listeners, but I would just like to point out uh, that line. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Sometimes in the house of its friends apologize for rather than defended now 
if that's something official report comes out after for the Freedmen Bureau and says that that's a bad thing, is that something you should be doing for actually existing socialist societies or American official enemies? Just saying. Oh, shit. All right. Getting that tanky cred. (laughs) Here we go. Now we good. Uh, As I look up at our Stalin picture. Hi, Joe. (laughs) I don't um, get to look up at it right now. Don't move the camera. We don't have time. Get your own Stalin picture. Yet with God on its side, the Freedmen's Bureau's triumph. Civilization has received a new impulse and the friends of humanity may well rejoice. The Bureau work is being rapidly brought to a close and its accomplishments will enter into history with the unfounded accusations. Oh, fuck. And its accomplishments will enter into history while the unfounded accusations against it will be forgotten. Well, yeah, a naive. Um, my 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 only problem with all of that is the last sentence. Uh, first off, yeah, the unfounded accusations don't get forgotten. We know the narrative that pursued on until Du Bois wrote this, and still pursued on all the way through, like Hillary's campaign um, of Reconstruction was was the problem after the Civil War. Uh, but also, I just didn't like the part, and I know it's unfortunately a reality, and we knew it was reality when we knew reconstruction wasn't like still going on or fully completed and we knew it was a reality explicitly in this book when it said a few pages ago, but I just, I didn't like that rapidly brought to a close part. That makes me very sad. That that's the part that shouldn't have happened. That really shouldn't have happened. Nope. This is perhaps an overstatement. The Freedmen's Bureau did an extraordinary piece of work, but it was but a small and imperfect part of what it might have done if it had been made a permanent institution, mm. given ample funds for operating schools and purchasing mm. land, and if it had been gradually manned by trained civilian administrators. Mm. All yes. of this was clear. All of this was clear when Andrew Johnson vetoed the Freedmen's Bureau Bill in 1866. And if, that's where we're going to leave you for this week. Oh, wow. That is not as far reading as I even thought we were going to get, but that's a good stopping point because I was about to go into how if you're going to describe what this, I mean, if you're going to describe what this book is, because again, it's it's you know the black perspective of what really happened with the Reconstruction, and obviously we got a lot ahead of us, 500 pages ahead of us that me and you have to learn from too. But that's kind of what I expected the book to be going in, and and that's, I mean, that's I forget what's the word for the 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 one sentence or paragraph thesis. There's the thesis of the book right there. Bang. Yep. It took a lot to get the details for that thesis to make sense. Wait, there's the thesis of the book. This is a this is the equivalent of you know, uh, thirty minutes into the movie going. This Fair is enough. our version of Star Wars. You know, ah, you said the name of the thing and the thing. Look at <laughs> you go. Like this is yeah. This is this is Black Reconstruction in America. Yes, we got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna keep going there for for a long time. But but yes, there there we are. That is going to be it for this week. Mm-hmm. Um. Back at you next week where we will not do any current events and just jump into the reading as usual for some more, you know, pure reading adventures. Um, That being said, there are a number of different ways that you can interact with us if for some reason that's a thing that you want to do after listening to us ramble this much every week. (laughs) Um, The first is you can leave us an email at it's marksmadnesspod at gmail.com. That's the easiest way uh, to send us a long winding message that we can then respond to at our leisure. Um, if you would prefer instead to interact with us on the hell site, because why not? We're all there. We're hanging out. Um, maybe we're not anymore. They call maybe, it the maybe, hell site because we all burn together, baby. 
Maybe Trump, maybe maybe Trump won again and then banned the hell site. I think they're supposed to be shutting that and Facebook down on election day. Speaking of how this is going to be like three weeks after that, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, oh. they did do that. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> all right, fine. Yeah. So maybe we're all just not on Twitter anymore. Maybe Twitter's not a thing. If in this in this dystopia that you're living in now, Twitter is still a thing. Our Twitter <laughs> handle was uh, at Mark's Madness Pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's probably illegal now. Scavenger. Who God knows. Wasteland Scavenger. <laughs> 42 on pit boy radio i don't know whatever the fuck we're doing now um if for whatever reason uh neither of those is your cup of tea maybe you would prefer a more real-time conversation where nathan's there a couple times a day um definitely a couple times a day maybe you'd like to see david once a month um maybe you want to watch it maybe you want to watch the movie lincoln with steven spielberg well if you wanted to do that you should have been in discord a couple weeks ago when we did that but if you'd still like to do that now is the time um and you can join our discord by finding the link in our bio or sending me a a twitter dm and just saying hey your link's expired and i'll send you a new one um unless you're sus and then i won't um i'm just joking i'll probably still send it to you um yeah that being said david i i think it's i think it's Um, disclaimer time you want to disclaim us yeah so um Obviously, you know, I mean, as we've talked about the whole time on this show, uh, this is something we stumbled on at accident, uh, but we stumbled on it because we want to share this theory with everyone. And something we certainly hope everyone out there is doing is first and foremost, hopefully you are reading this together in a reading group or political education group. And we can be complimentary. We can be a deeper context, another point of input for you and make that reading and education experience better um say for that say your political education or reading group is reading a different work like you know i mean there's a bunch of stuff out there mao gramsci blood in my eye from george jackson good stuff every other guys. work except the one every every this this one's good um those are just shorter works uh but you know and i, I named authors twice the authors aren't shorter works but they have shorter works um but you know uh let's say you are reading something else uh from your reading group. Uh, hopefully then you're reading this book on your own and we can be your reading group for it. Um, and then save that uh, for books where we read every word like this one. Hopefully we can be your enhanced ebook for books. We summarize more. Hopefully we can be your cliff notes, whatever we can do to make this work more accessible for you. Cause it is important to get that theory uh, out there for you. And always remember that theory is nothing without practice. Well, practice is practice. Uh, theory is nothing without praxis. Um, it doesn't mean anything. There's no point to it without that, and you don't fully understand it without it. And praxis is theory and action, and they go hand in hand. They are inseparable. Amen. That being said, this is mm-hmm, loving this. Nathan's going to breathe eventually. Marks- <sighs> no, yeah, I'll breathe eventually in my voice. All right. This has been the Marks Madness Podcast. My name has been Nathan. My name's David. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.